At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. (laughs) That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What I can guarantee you is the way your business looks in the first two years will be dramatically different five years from now, 10 years from now. So allow yourself to experiment. Say yes to more than you say no to in the beginning and just say, you know what? I'm not going to worry if this works out perfectly or not. I'm just going to get into action because action creates clarity. Clarity allows you to build your dreams when you know what you want and how you're going to get there. So there's different business models you can do. All of them can be profitable and nothing has to be set in stone. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I am so honored to have you. I have looked forward to this conversation for a long time. I've always admired your work and I'm just so thrilled to get to chat with you and to share all of the things with my community, all of your knowledge and wisdom and all the good stuff. Um, But before we get started, I'd love if you can share a little of your own story of how you went from a nine to five job to building your own business. Yes. Okay. So I always said I was a corporate girl for life. I was really good at having a boss. Mm -hmm. I love to climb the corporate ladder. I love to get the promotions and the Atta girls and Mm -hmm. just like really doing a good job in my work. I I felt like I was meant to be in corporate. Mm -hmm. And so when I got out of college, I got my first job. And for many, many years, that's what I did. And then here's what happened. My last corporate job was with Tony Robbins and I was there for about six and a half years. And he brought in a bunch of internet marketers into the office to talk about kind of how they were building their businesses, what they were doing. And I was brought in to take notes to this meeting. So it was like very humbling. I was in the content department, but I was brought in to take notes. I wasn't even at the main table, but these guys went around and they were all men and they went around and talked about the businesses they built because they were all their own boss. And they talked about freedom and the time with their family and the life they've created. And I thought, I don't know what these guys are doing, but I want a piece of this. Like, I want this kind of freedom. And it was the first time in ever that I thought, I think that I'm made to do something different. I think I am made to have my own business. So fast forward a year from that date, I started working toward what would it look like to start my own business. I started a little side hustle doing social media for small businesses. And that's kind of how I kind of started my way out there. But it was all from that one meeting where I saw what other people were doing. And I thought, 
I need that. I love that. And I love that story too, because I think sometimes when people feel that nudge that it sounds like you felt in that initial meeting that you were originally just taking notes on, I think it can feel really overwhelming because there's this idea of like, oh, do I just have to like quit my job tomorrow and jump into the deep end? But I love that you share that timeline that it really wasn't until a year later that then you started kind of getting on that path by starting a side hustle. But it doesn't sound like you just up and quit your job and started a business the next day. It sounds like you kind of built yourself somewhat of a financial runway and kind of started to build on the side before ever pivoting. Does that, is that correct? Okay. It does. Let's talk about that runway because this is something I talk about in the book a lot. It's not like we're going to wake up one day and think, okay, I'm ready to quit my nine to five job. Let's go. And you quit the next day. The thing is when you start to think about wanting to quit your nine to five job, you will start to get that, that energy, that anxiousness that you want it to happen yesterday. But the truth is that's not how it happens for most people. So you're right. I had a runway and the runway started with, okay, why do I want to quit? Like, what do I want for my life? What do I want it to look like? And here's something, if people aren't really sure what they want, this is going to be a weird way to look at it. But sometimes, you know, when you look online and you feel jealous about somebody else's success, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just human nature, right? Mm -hmm. I often say to my students, when you feel that envy or jealous feeling, ask yourself, what do they have that I genuinely want? Mm -hmm. Because that's the only place where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So if you get clear on like what you really want. So that was part of the runway, just starting out with, okay, what do I want? Mm -hmm. I knew that I no longer wanted to work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be on somebody else's time Mm -hmm. or somebody else's dime. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, okay, I need something different. But then from there, like I said, I started a side hustle just to kind of get my feet wet. Mm -hmm. I also told myself, I'm going to save a bunch of money, which I never did for the record. And I don't think you have need to have a big nest egg, Mm -hmm. but I also put my exit date on a post-it note. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so simple, but every day I looked at that thing for almost a full year Mm -hmm. to remind myself, there's no turning back. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens on this date in June, Mm -hmm. I am going to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. So these little things definitely helped me to start preparing. Yeah, that's so good. I love that idea too. Simple things like that, a visual that really kind of reminds you of where your line in the sand is and that you can work toward that. You know, I think that's so good. But something else I wanted to ask you is, you know, I think the idea of working for yourself or starting your own business is a appealing to a lot of people, the idea of freedom, the idea of flexibility, remote work, all of that. But why do you think so many people want out of their current job? And what would you say are some of the pros and cons to running a business? I think this is important to be aware of because I think we can get really focused on the freedom and we've missed like the big picture. Yes. So what would you say are some of the pros and cons to running a business for those who find this appealing? Okay. I love this question because there are definitely pros and cons and I don't get asked that a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. let's talk about all the amazing things about being your own boss. Mm-hmm. But and, and there are so many great things, the freedom, the fact that if you're a mom, you can pick up your kids at three o'clock because you get to do your schedule. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit in terms of how much revenue you want to make, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know the pros of being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but the cons are very real. Mm-hmm. Number one, you are no longer getting that steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. It is not coming every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You do not have your own health benefits mm-hmm. just magically appearing. Mm-hmm. You also don't necessarily have, especially when you're starting out, a team to collaborate with. Gone are the days that you can walk down the hall to your coworker's office and say, what do you think about this or that? Let's hash it out. Mm -hmm. And so 
being an entrepreneur in the very early years, I would say some of my students would say it feels lonely mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And, and it also feels scary not knowing really if you're going to make enough money mm-hmm. to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you have to get crystal clear on why you want it. Because I always say my why was just a little bit stronger than all my worries. Mm, And and that's so necessary. And, and the days that, you know, my first launch, I made $267 when I thought everybody else was making like a hundred thousand dollars. And so that day I literally thought, what if I have to go ask for my job back? And then this little voice is like, wait a second, you want freedom. You want to work when you want, where you want, how you want to work on your terms. So you're just going to have to bounce back from this, this devastating loss of thinking I was going to have my first great launch and I didn't. So it's that why that's going to bring you back in. Yeah, so good. I love that. So you said, let your why be bigger than your worries. And I think you yes. that's why it's so critical to be asking, why do I want this? You know, I think a lot of times we might point out what we want and we don't always ask the question, well, why do I want it? And I don't yes. know if you've ever, ever experienced this in your entrepreneur journey, but I know in my own journey and story, there's been times where I will like set a goal or I'll say, this is my launch goal, or this is something I want to hit, or this is something I want to achieve. And one time my husband actually challenged me. We were like setting goals for the year and he pointed to a project and he was like, okay, what do you want to achieve with this? And I threw out some big number and he was like, okay, awesome. Why? And he wasn't discouraging. He was just genuinely curious. And when he asked me that, he was like, I don't know. I saw someone else do that. Like we don't always even understand why we want the things we want. So anyways, we ended up having to work through that. And once we reverse engineered like, oh, I actually just want to add another staff member this year so I have more time and, you know, whatever – I was like, oh, well, okay. So then really my goal should be like half of what I think it needs to be. And if I go above and beyond that, great. But I think sometimes we set these arbitrary goals professionally and in our businesses or in the things we think we want to do without asking why. And then when we hit a roadblock or when we don't hit that goal, it completely derails us versus if it's like, okay, well, back on track. I know why I was aiming for that. So maybe I just need to adjust my strategy because I have a clear aim. But when you lack that clear aim, the second you fall short on a goal, like it's so much more likely to go you know, haywire. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And all of a sudden you feel like you're not enough Mm -hmm. or there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. I was recently on a girl's trip and do you know Jasmine Starr? Do you know that name? Yep. Okay. So I was with Jasmine Starr and she's a dear friend of mine and we were on this girl's trip and I was telling her about all the plans I have for this book and how well I want it to do and all the things that a new author starts to talk about and and want. Mm -hmm. And she said, you have got to let go of the outcome. You do not control the outcome. All you control is how you're showing up, the actions you're taking in your effort. Mm -hmm. And I thought, where else could I apply that? Probably everywhere in my personal life (laughs) and my business. (laughs) So it's like when you do a launch or you sell a product and it it doesn't hit that goal. Mm-hmm. Who made up the goal in the first place? Right. And what does that number even mean? Right. Yes. It, and most of the time I'm pulling a goal out of thin air and or saying, this you, is what right. I want. Or because you saw someone else do the hit, the hit that oh, goal, you know, or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So good. Okay. Wait, so you've mentioned the book a couple of times and I want to ask about that. So pause everything. Please tell okay. us what is this book that you've now written and when does it come out? Well, I so appreciate you asking. <laughs> so it's called Two Weeks Notice. And it's all about finding the courage to quit your nine to five job or quit something that's no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. And it might be a business you started that you no longer love mm-hmm. and how to leave behind what's no longer serving you and then step into 
working where you want, how you want, and getting the freedom to do the life that you want to do. And so I looked around and realized there's a lot of men who have written business books, marketing books, not that many women who will literally walk you through step by step by step. This is what I did to create my business. Here's what I suggest you do as well. So it's really a guidebook of how to get a business up and running from scratch, but also finding the courage to say, I can be my own boss. This is actually possible for me. Because I always think, I know there's this woman sitting in a cubicle Mm -hmm. thinking there's got to be something better for me. Mm -hmm. Or there's a stay-at-home mom that says, like, I think it's my turn. Mm -hmm. I think I'm ready to do something amazing. Mm -hmm. So I just had this on my heart and I thought, this is the book I wish I had 14 Mm -hmm. years ago when I first started my business. So I wrote it. I love it. I love that. I love when you identify, like, what is something I wish I would have had when I was in this position and then how can I provide it to all the people who are now in this position? So that is awesome. Okay. We will for sure link down the show notes. I just wanted to pause and make sure that we actually touched on that. So something else I want to know about and just hear your thoughts thoughts on is... The common objections I think a lot of people have and that kind of hold people back from starting something new, I know you probably tackled this in the book, but if you can give us a peek, what would you say is a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who just feels like they just have these these blocks or maybe some common objections? Maybe it's a voice from their childhood. Maybe it's because they've tried something and failed at it before, you know, whatever it might be. What advice would you have for that person? You know, the first thing I think of is when I speak on stage, one of the things I teach is something called the path of possibility. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the path of possibility, think of it in three different circles and each circle gets bigger and bigger. The first one is your present situation, where you're at, what you're doing, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so that you can navigate. You've been in your present situation, you know how to navigate it. But what happens is if you want to get to the third circle, which is possibility, what you're made of, what is possible for you, it is inevitable that you have to walk through the pain. Mm -hmm. And that's that middle circle. So it goes present, pain, possibilities. And I think a lot of people get stuck thinking, well, what if it doesn't work? What if I crash and burn? What if people laugh at me? What will people think? And uh, real quick, I have to tell you a story. When I was first starting out, I would, I quit my job. I went full time. Um, and in the beginning, my business looks very different today. I did social media for small businesses, mm-hmm. but I also created content and I was making all these videos. And my husband, Hobie said, where are these videos that you keep recording every day? I hear you recording them. Mm-hmm. I see you recording them. Where are they? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I haven't really published any of them yet. Mm-hmm. And he asked me why. And I said, well, what are my old coworkers going to think when they see me on video teaching marketing? They're going to say, what does she know? She, she didn't do that in her nine to five job. Why is she doing that? And then I thought like, well, what is Tony Robbins going to think of me if I do this? And my sweet husband said, I love you so much. And I'm going to need to give you a little tough love. Your coworkers aren't thinking about you. And Tony Robbins isn't mm-hmm. thinking about you. Mm-hmm. They've got lives to live, things to do. We think everybody's watching where they're not. And and even if they are, and even if they say something like, who is she to be doing that? They don't pay the bills. Yep. And they don't have your dreams Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. And anytime someone has an opinion of how you're showing up online, I have to Mm -hmm. say two things about this. Every time someone has opinion, number one, that opinion they have of you, maybe it's negative, Mm -hmm. is a direct reflection of how they see themselves. Mm -hmm. 
And number two, I saw someone say online that no one that has had great success will ever cut you down online for what you're doing. Like it just doesn't happen. And I think that's so true. So we've got to remember where these messages are coming from. But I think the thing that stops a lot of people is what will other people think if this doesn't work out? Yeah. So good. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Such an important reminder because I think that is probably one of the biggest blocks. What will my mom think? What will my old coworkers mm-hmm. think? What will my old college roommate think? And it's like, you know, like you said, I think the reminders that you gave us are so good. And I think it's also important to remember, and I'm curious if you would agree with this, but like ultimately, not only are they not paying as close of attention as you think they might be, and secondly, do they not pay the bills? But also, I think it's really important to consider like whose opinions actually matter because we get so caught up in like, you know, like I I always think of life and like relationships and almost like three rings, right? Like you have your inner circle of people like that are your close, close friends, your spouse, like the people who really are connected to you more on like a daily basis, who really know your heart, know your story, et cetera. Then there's like those middle tier people. Those are like old family friends, people you know through somebody, you know, like you know them, but you're not close to them. And then there's that outer ring of people who are like strangers, friends of friends, social media followers, et cetera. I think we put so much energy into worrying about what the outer two rings are going to think that we completely miss what like people who are actually impacted by our decisions, such as our spouse, our children, our best friend, our employee, whatever, like our inner circle of people we kind of overlook, even if those are the ones who are encouraging us and like supporting us because we're so worried what those outer rings of people will think. Okay. I can't believe you just brought this up because I... My husband and I never have arguments. Like we just, we've been together for a long time. We have a beautiful marriage and it's rare that we have a disagreement, but I'm here in New York right now. And he sent me a text message from a conversation we had last night. And basically the gist of it was, I feel like you didn't care about my opinion. You were worried about all these other people you were talking about last night. I was working through a challenge I had. Mm -hmm. And he said, I kept giving you my opinion, but you weren't hearing it. Mm -hmm. And you are so right. I was so worried about all these other people that are on the outer circles Mm -hmm. that I forgot my dear sweet husband knows me more than anyone Mm -hmm. in this world Mm -hmm. and can give me the best advice. And I almost discounted it. So I love that you brought this up because it is very true. And it reminds me, something I often share with my students is that when you are making a big decision, let's say quitting your job and going out on your own and starting your own business or whatever it might be, you have to be careful who you tell. Mm. Not everybody deserves to know your dreams. Mm. And the reason for that is not everybody will hold them sacred. Um, you know, Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Mm-hmm. Yep. She tells the story, (laughs) right? (laughs) She tells the story about how when she first started Spanx, where she cut off the feet of her nylons and wore them under white jeans, she said, when I had this idea, if I would have told everyone in my life that I was creating this business, I would have never, ever created it Mm -hmm. because they would have told me all the reasons why this is likely not going to work. Mm -hmm. And at that fragile stage, I would have believed them. Mm -hmm. And so I really do believe that when you're going out on your own, not everybody gets to know. Like for me, I told Hobie, my husband, I told my mom and I told my best friend, nobody else knew what my plans were for a good six months. Mm -hmm. And thank God, because I don't think I would have had the courage to do it if someone told me it was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. I think there really is such a a gift too in that, um, I don't know, that early stage where it is kind of fragile, but there's also like a sacredness, I think, in going forward and kind of keeping certain things private. And that's not just in business. I think that's in various things in life, especially in a world where we kind of feel the pressure to overshare or like vlog our entire lives. You know, it's like, it feels like we owe everyone like, 
all these updates. And it's like, sometimes it's okay to work in the stillness and to work in the quiet and to not have the pat on the backs or the, the approval or the, you know, seeking approval or whatever it may be from everyone else. You know, it's like, have your core people in your corner and maybe that's all you really need, you know? So I love I that. Love that's that. such a good piece of advice. Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean, safe, toxin-free, but also really worked because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites. And I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day. My skincare was working well. So I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing, clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better, than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare, for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well and that doesn't harm the environment and that doesn't harm animals... Crunchy is the place to be. I highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the Clarolite when it comes to the skincare. And if you use my link, you can get $10 off your first order. So just go to crunchy.com slash Jordan Dooley and the $10 off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order. Or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the $10 off applied to your first order. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. 
It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Something else I'd love to ask about, this is switching gears here a little bit, but I think I want to just touch on some practicals because I think one thing that can hold people back is not knowing when it's time to quit your job or how to give your notice. So if someone Mm -hmm. has the dream or has maybe started to build something along the side or they want to make a pivot in their career, you know, I'd be curious what advice you would have for them if they're trying to figure out when is it actually time to quit my job? How do I know when it's time and how do I give my notice well? How do I do that? Okay. This is such a great one. So first of all, when, how do you know it's time? So you have to get quiet, just kind of like what you were saying, get quiet. And I think journaling becomes really important at this stage of your life. When you have that knowing on your heart that I think I'm made for something more, I think there's something more and better out there for me. When you start to think that never, ever ignore it. I want you to journal. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to talk to your loved ones, the closest ones, to you about this kind of brewing because you've got to start getting it out on paper or in conversation with people you trust. And so from there, I think it's important to say, okay, if I were to do this, how much time do I need? And usually most people, when they decide, I think I'm ready to go out on my own, usually it's like six months to a year. Anything longer than that, you're probably just afraid to take the leap. But one of the things that could help immensely is to start a side hustle. Mm -hmm. But I say that sparingly because what I don't want anyone to do is start a side hustle thinking that it's going to explode and make tons of money right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't because no side hustle does that. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like maybe you're not cut out for this. Mm -hmm. What if you were to make a thousand dollars a month for the next few months, Mm -hmm. just to kind of put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. just to get things going. Mm -hmm. So a side hustle is in the meantime, before I'm ready to go full out, that's the way I want people to look at side hustles. You don't have to start one before you leave, but it usually gives people a little bit of a runway that's helpful. Now, from there, you need to choose a date that feels doable, but a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. Nobody is leaving their nine to five job not scared. Mm -hmm. I was just doing another interview today and 
the person interviewing asked me like, how did you feel when you left? I I said, I felt like I was going to throw up. Mm -hmm. I felt like, like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. But fear is absolutely okay in this situation. It's it's going back to that desire, going back to that why. Mm -hmm. So choosing a date that feels scary, but doable. And usually that's around six months, maybe a little bit longer. And then from there, like giving notice, how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. My most important thing is that there is no need to burn bridges when you leave. Mm -hmm. There is no need to say like, I'm out of here and making people upset or making people mad. When you give your notice, think about how long do I want to stay? Maybe do I want to support the next person who's taking my job? And maybe you want to do that. Now, when you give notice, and let's say if you decided, I'm going to stay for a month, Mm -hmm. they might tell you, actually, today's your last day. We're good. Mm -hmm. That's happened to me before, and it's totally okay. It's up to them. But also, if you stay too long, you're going to get resentful. Mm -hmm. So don't stay so long because you want to be a good employee and you're staying the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. I promise you 30 days is enough. Anything longer than that, you're going to want to come out of your skin because you're ready to start your new chapter. Yeah. So, so something good. to think about in terms of how long you want to stay. Yeah, I love that. Such good advice. Okay, so piggybacking off that question, I think something else that a lot of people feel is this debacle where they know they want out of their current job. They know they're, they have that itch, right? Like they know that there's something else for them. They know they want something more, but they have no clue or no idea what to do instead. So yes. for those who are in that position, maybe not quite ready to even give their notice because they don't even know what they would do. What advice do you have for discovering what you're good at and really choosing a solid business idea? Probably my favorite question. So I remember when I was in that board meeting where those internet marketers were talking about their businesses, I looked at one of my best friends who worked at the company as well. She was a writer. And I said, you are a writer. You have something that could translate into being a freelancer or going out on your own. I have no skills that would translate to be an entrepreneur. Like I believed that in the moment. And I'm here to say that every single person listening right now, you have a skill that could turn into your own business. I have no doubt out in my mind. And here's how you start to think about it. I call it the sweet spot. And there's four quadrants in the sweet spot. The first quadrant is where have you gotten results for yourself or for somebody else, or maybe for your customers or clients? And all you need is a 10% edge before you actually teach it or offer it to someone else. A 10% edge means you're 10% ahead of those you're going to serve. You don't need to be the expert of all experts. You don't need certification. You don't need a hundred years of training. You just need to be 10% ahead of those you serve so you can lead them. So that should take, I hope some people are like, okay, like Mm -hmm. that actually is less pressure than I thought. And then you're going to look at where have you gotten results? Uh, Did you figure out how to run a marathon and you were someone who was sitting on the couch drinking wine and watching Netflix every night and you decided I'm going to run a marathon and you figured that out? Mm -hmm. Well, that could be something that you teach others. Mm -hmm. So I teach people how to create courses, but your business model might be consulting or group coaching or a membership or whatever it might be. But you want to look at where you've gotten results for yourself or for somebody else and think, could I actually teach that or would I want to make that a business? Mm -hmm. Now, you're going to think it's too simple. I know how people think about this. If you know it, somebody else doesn't. Don't just assume it's so simple because you know it well. 
The second quadrant is if you were to serve somebody, who who do, who would you want to serve? Are they baby boomers that are looking to retire and you want to help them save enough money to retire? Are they um, stay-at-home moms that are looking to um, help their kids meet their milestones? Like, who do you want to serve? And think about that person. And it might be you, but five years ago, like a lot of times we serve people that are just like us. We're just ahead of them now. And ask yourself, what keeps them up at night? Where do they struggle? What are their pain points? What are their desires? Because when you think about it that way, then you start thinking, well, these skills I have, could they translate to solve some of these problems that the people I want to serve are having? So you kind of want to marry those two. Now, the third quadrant is where have people spent money, time, energy? Are there podcasts about the topic you want to create a business around? Are there books? Are there digital courses? Do people spend money to learn what you want to teach them or how you want to help them? So that's the third quadrant. And the fourth is what lights you up? Because don't you dare create a business that's not going to fulfill you and make you happy. Now, I always say though, in the fourth quadrant, what lights you up doesn't mean it needs to be your life's passion. Because most of us, including me, I don't know if I'm doing my life's work, my passion, but I know I love every day that I'm in this business. And I think that's what counts the most. So again, really quick, Look at where you've gotten results. Look at the people you want to serve. What are they struggling with? Look at where people have spent money on different challenges to solve. And then look at what lights you up. And that's where we're going to start to narrow down what it might be that you create a business around. Yeah, that's so good. And I I love this for a couple of reasons. First, I love the 10% edge that you talked about. I was literally just talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago who's got a new certification, has learned so many things, like has done has really got this amazing skill and knowledge and they've considered starting a business on it. And they even have people asking them like, how do I work with you? And they're like, I just don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I've done enough, you know? And I'm like, if you know 10% more than they do, you know, like, and I didn't yes. say 10%, but I was like, if you know a, few, a little bit more than they do, like you don't have to be the expert of all experts. So I think that's a really key point. I also love that you shared the third quadrant where you talked about um, the market, essentially the market, like, is there a market for this? Are people paying or paying attention mm-hmm. trying to find this information? I think that's really key because you might have something that really lights you up and that, you know, you're passionate about helping people with, but that isn't necessarily something people are looking to spend money on. So I think this marrying of your skill sets or your knowledge with the market and the demand with the the person that you can really serve and the... Um, the experience that you have, like really, I think that sweet spot is where those all come together. And I just love that you laid it out that way because I think we get so, I think a lot of messaging says, do what you love, go for your passions. And that's like, that's one part of the equation. That's awesome. Right. But when someone's like, well, I don't know what lights me up, you have to start digging deeper into like, well, what challenges have you overcome? Where have you gotten results before? Who might you be able to help with that? Maybe it's you five years ago. And then I, the the ideas start to flow, you know, and it starts to become a little bit more clear of like, oh, you know, I could help with this. Yes. But if you're just trying to figure out what you love, you know, I think that's what can get really confusing. And I think, and I'd be curious if you've run into this with entrepreneurs, but I think sometimes that kind of advice on its own is overwhelming too, because it does feel like it can be hard to differentiate between an interest and a passion, if you know what I mean. Like I'm interested in a lot of things, but I may not need to be starting a business on all of those. Some of those should probably be kept as hobbies, you know, (laughs) or like fun passion projects. And so- Okay, I love this. Yeah, I think we, and I think when you start considering what lights you up and tell me what you think about this, but 
I think when you start focusing on that, there is this like awareness of, I feel connected to this type of work or this type of solution I can provide. It's connected with my story, a challenge I've experienced, something from my childhood. Like there's more of a connectedness to it versus just, oh yeah, I like to knit in my spare time. That's fun. You know, like differentiating, is it just an interest? Is it something you enjoy or is it connected to something bigger and something deeper? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I remember early on, I I remember a mentor of mine said, not everything you love needs to be a business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought that was so valuable. You're right. Just because you enjoy it and it brings you happiness and you're good at it doesn't necessarily mean it needs a business. And the minute you make it a business, let me tell you, there's a lot of stress that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you want to just save just for you that you just absolutely love it. And so I think looking at not just what you're good at or what you love, but you you hit it on the head. Is there a market for this? Mm-hmm. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen people build businesses just around a concept that they think would be really cool, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, but when have anyone ever spent money on that? Yeah. Now, sometimes there's that rare, rare outlier that they're like first to market. Mm-hmm. It is like a one in a million chance. Yeah. So that reminds me, I want to talk about one more thing related to this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that start businesses or are even listening now, they might think, I want to do X, Y, Z, but it's already being done and it's being done by someone who's doing it really well. They're a big name in their industry. They already cornered the market. There's no room for me. And this is a limiting belief that holds so many people back from being their own boss. I came on the scene teaching social media at a time, we're talking like 15 years ago, when everyone and their brother was a social media manager. It's like everyone just took the title and ran with it where no one knew what we were even doing at the time. And so if I looked around and thought, I want to teach social media, I would have seen a thousand people doing what I'm doing. And there was one woman in the industry that just capitalized it. She owned it. And if I looked at her and thought, there's no room for me, I would not be talking to you today. No one's going to teach it the way you teach it. No one has your stories, your experiences, your style of teaching. And you. there's over 7 billion people in this world. You need a tiny sliver yeah. of that in order for your business to be highly profitable. Yeah. So I never, ever let my students say, but it's been done before. I don't actually, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. It proves that people yeah. are paying money for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. It's such a good reminder because you're right. That totally does trip us up. And I think there's this pressure of like, you've got to create the next iPhone or something. And it's like, you really, yes. don't. there's so many countless ways to make money with a business and it doesn't have to be this revolutionary new idea. You just have to be able to put your unique spin on it. You need to have your unique angle, the thing that sets it apart, that's going to speak to your target market. And that's really all that needs to be different. So I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. Yes. Okay. One other question I want to ask about is a little bit more tactical, but I think this is important. So in your book, I know you go through three revenue generating strategies that you've used at one point or another. Can you give us just a brief overview of what these can look like? Yes. So when you're thinking about starting a business and you get clear on your why and you start to think maybe what will I do? Like one of my students, she helps um, busy moms meal plan for the week and with budgeting and shopping lists and prep and all the food, like she, she puts together a whole program for these busy moms. And so when you, when you start to think about what you want to do and what your why is, the next thing you need to think about is how am I going to package this up? How am I going to offer it? And in the 
book, I talk about three different ways you can do it. Number one, you could be a coach or a consultant, whether one-on-one or group coaching. So one of my students, she could take that meal prepping and she could just work with people one-on-one, go into their kitchens, help them out, get them all organized. So that's one way that you can build your business with a business model that's profitable, one-on-one coaching or consulting or group coaching. The second way is a service-based business. So you could actually be doing it for them. And let me tell you, there's a lot of money to be made because can you imagine, Jordan, if you actually did the work for the people that you serve, they would love that, right? Like all day long, you don't choose to. Yes, you can charge a lot more for it. So this might be how you want to kick things off. It may not be the end all be all, but it's a way to make money quickly in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So my student, she could literally do the meal planning, do the shopping for her students, actually get in there and make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that's another way. The third way that I teach in the book is very unique and specific to what I do with my students. And it's a mini workshop. Think of it as a mini digital course where for an hour, you're going to teach something that your students absolutely want to know or your audience. And for my one student, she might get on video and say, here's exactly how you do this meal planning, how you shop, how you budget, all that. Mm -hmm. But it's a one hour training that she does live. Maybe she'll sell it for a hundred dollars. She'll offer it to her audience, usually just social media audience. And then she records it. And now she's got this one hour training that she can sell evergreen over and over again. Mm -hmm. Now I teach these three ways because these are great ways to get started. But what I can guarantee you is the way your business looks in the first two years Mm -hmm. will be dramatically different five years from now, 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. So allow yourself to experiment, Mm -hmm. say yes to more than you say no to in the beginning and just say, you know what? I'm not going to worry if this works out perfectly or not. I'm just going to get into action because action creates clarity. Clarity allows you to build your dreams when you know what you want and how you're going to get there. So there's different business models you can do. All of them can be profitable and nothing has to be set in stone. Yeah, so good. And I think that's a good reminder. Like you don't have to be in a box and you don't necessarily have to follow the same path someone else did. Like you can experiment. You can try things and find what works for you and also what kind of work you like doing. You may find you love teaching workshops and you just want to bundle your workshops and sell them all together for something bigger down the road. Or you may find you hate teaching workshops and you love working one-on-one, but you've got to experiment and try those things to really find where can I use my skills and my knowledge to serve people? And then what format not only works financially for my business and practically for my life, but what do I enjoy actually doing? And how can I pour the fuel on the fire of that? But I love what you said about how clarity comes from action because it's true. I think we can sit there and think, well, what, what about what about this? And what if I tried that? And what would this be like? And it's all hypothetical until you do it. And then you find, oh, I really enjoy this or I don't enjoy that or this didn't work or here's why I didn't So modify. true. So yeah. I when I first started, I did one-on-one consulting for small businesses for social media. And that's when I realized I hate doing one-on-one consulting. I do not enjoy it. I did it for two years. I got in the trenches. I made it happen. And then I thought, this is not for me. And I created a different type of business model where for me, I create digital courses and sell them online. But I would have never gotten to that. And to have a multi-million dollar business like I have today, if I didn't start somewhere. So someone's listening right now. And if they're on the sidelines, they're still at their nine to five job. They know they can do bigger things in this world, but they're so afraid to mess up or it won't work. Or how am I even going to get started? Small baby steps. Mm -hmm. 
will make a huge difference, but it's that act of starting something, which is more important than anything else. Yeah. I I always say like starting small is better than not starting at all. And amen. really do add up, you know? And I think we always compare like our chapter one to someone's chapter eight. And it's like, why am I not here yet? And it's like, they had a chapter one too, you know, like remember that. So yeah, so good. This has been so encouraging. And I, I really, I believe that this is really important to just dig into because I think we can get so in our heads about this and just breaking it down and simplifying it the way you have is so helpful. So thank you for doing that. I would oh, love, my pleasure. I would love if you can tell us where can we find you on the internet? Where can we learn more from you if they want to check out your resources? And also where can we find your new book, Two Weeks Notice? Well, thanks so much for asking. So if you love podcasts, which you must because you're listening to this one now, I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. And I I teach how to be an entrepreneur, how to get started, what it looks like behind the scenes. So if you're interested in building your own business, Online Marketing Made Easy might be the perfect place for you. And then twoweeksnoticebook.com. I always give bonuses away to those who order the book. So twoweeksnoticebook.com will give you all the details. Awesome. I love it. Amy, thank you so much for being here. This has been so good. You guys check out her book. The cover is so cute. It's beautiful. It's it's just great. It's a really Thank great you. resource. I'm thankful that you put it into a book that's such a digestible resource for people. I know it's going to be such a blessing. Well, thank you, my friend. It was such a true pleasure to finally get to meet you and be yes. on your show. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it's an honor. I'm so thankful to have you here. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.